We've been talking about, thanks for your guys' help, the struggles we face and the strength that we find. The struggles that we face and the strength that we find. And the series has been all about temptation. Now, I spoke on it last week, and I want to I bring it up again. The reason we're talking about temptation, one, is because we've all dealt with it. We've all felt that pull where, we're, where there's this desire within us to do something that we probably shouldn't be doing. And the reason we want to really address these things is because so much of our culture and so much of our world just says every desire, every appetite, every feeling that you should explore those things and you should experience those things. So like if you are drawn towards this, that just explore it, experience it, you deserve it. And what we're realizing and what we're talking about is that God actually knows what he's talking about and the plans and purposes that he has set out for you are actually the best that you will experience and so every random idea that pops in your head like oh maybe this is a good idea and it actually goes against what God says when you follow and trust Jesus you experience the best that God has and the best in life that you could experience so that's why we're talking about it. We want to experience the fullness of what God has for us. Now, we've learned um, where or who temptation comes from. We learned that uh, there is always an escape from temptation. We learned last week how to overcome the desire for more. And really in our culture, that is a consumer-driven culture, how to experience the contentment in Christ. Now, tonight... We're going to see the trap of temptation. And, and what you need to know, this is from a, a, an old song, but it's a great lyric, that sin will always take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. That sin will always take you farther than you want to go. You ever been there like, I thought I was going to get off there, and why are we still in the car, like I'm ready to be done. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you say. You say, I, I didn't sign up for this. I thought I was going to get this, and you got this, and it will always cost you more. You ever got up to the front, and you thought you were going to pay this much, and you're like, actually, it's this much, and you're like, you feel like an idiot going like, um, actually, I don't want this anymore, <laughs> but you're like, I guess I have to because I'm at the register now, and that's what sin will always cost you more. And so we want to realize that it's a trap. And here, here's my message title if you take notes. This is what I want you to understand tonight. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. It's going to be the idea that we're going to be talking about. James chapter 1 is where we're going to be beginning in verse 12. If you have a Bible, if not, it'll all be on the screen. The book of James, written by a guy named James, who is coincidentally uh, the brother of Jesus, kind of a big deal, um, and he has this to say, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And then he says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. He says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. He says, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, 
with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, that, that idea of no variation means God's not going to change his mind about you. That God, that God doesn't think one thing one day because he's in a good mood and think another thing another day because he's in a bad mood. God doesn't change. He's always the same. And then he says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creation. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for this time. We ask that you would speak to us, reveal yourself to us. And God, we pray that you would be our teacher in these moments. And God, as we deal with temptation, we pray that you would help us to not take the bait. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the key word in this text that we want to look at is that word enticed, enticed. That word, it literally means to catch by a bait. Anybody been fishing before? Fishing, fishing, fishing. Hopefully a lot of us have been fishing. Um, I don't go fishing often. I wish I did. I think I would really enjoy fishing. The problem is, um, yeah, Duder raised his hand. The only time I've really ever caught a fish is with Duder because he can figure it out even though I'm terrible. At f- For whatever reason, like I tell people, like if, if you want to go catching, don't ask me to come along. <laughs> like if you want to go like sitting, then yeah, I'll, I'm a, I can sit. Like, we'll we'll go sitting all day long. But if you want to go catching, don't ask me to come along. But one of the things you you find with fishing, and this is a very elementary illustration because we all know the reality of fishing, is that what the fish is buying into, I was going to say biting into, but that's a terrible joke. (laughs) Buying into is a delicious meal, right? Like, whatever it is. The, The worst thing I think that we do to fish is when it's a lure, and, like, it's not even a momentary satisfaction. It's like you're biting a piece of metal or rubber or whatever that thing is that goes like this. And for a moment, they're like, oh, dinner. And then they're like, wait a second, right? And it's a trap. It, 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 don't, don't take the bait. Like, we've all seen that episode of SpongeBob where, like, they're riding the, the lures. And you're like, don't take the bait, right? It, it's dangerous. It, it's, it's because what they're buying into is not ultimately what they're getting. And that's the reality of sin and temptation, is that what you're buying into is not ultimately what you're getting. It's attractive, it looks good, it might feel good for a moment, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it is not going to be what you think it's going to be. It draws us in by our senses or our heart condition or our mindset, and it sets a trap for us ultimately to destroy us. And listen to the thing about temptation. There's always a trap set. First point, if you're taking notes tonight, is that victory comes from enduring, not ending. There is always a trap set. Verse 12, he tells us, blessed is the man who endures temptation. All of us, I think, would like to live in a world where nothing tempts us, right? Wouldn't it be great if, like, you weren't bothered by anything and you always stayed on track and you never messed up and nothing ever caught your attention and you never found yourself like, why did I do that? Like, why did I waste all of this time going down this road when I knew I wanted to go over there? And we all all wish that nothing tempt us, but until we get to heaven, that's not going to be the case. Here on planet Earth, we will experience temptation. 
there will always be something fighting for our time and our attention and our heart and our efforts. And as, as soon as you think one temptation goes away or as soon as you feel like you find victory over one area of your life, doesn't it seem like there's something new that pops up in your life? Like, man, I, I was really struggling to love this person. They were just driving me crazy. I couldn't stand being around them. But I decided, like, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love as Christ is loved. I'm going to show generosity. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to serve them. And you, like, find yourself over that hurdle, and you're, like, tolerating that person. Like, everything's great. Things are going fine. And then there's, like, an even worse person. And you're like, is it even possible like, I thought I, I thought I was loving the worst person ever, and there's somebody worse. Like, it's like every time, every time you feel like you overcome something, something new pops up. And it's because there's this reality that there will always be temptation. There will always be struggles that we face. And so James tells us to endure. This word to endure is, is to keep going the right way even when it's difficult or you would rather go another way. That's key for us to understand. It's to keep going the right way, even if it's difficult. And sometimes you'll find yourself in the path that God wants you to go in, that it will be difficult. There's going to be speed bumps, opposition. There's going to be traffic. There's going to be trains. There's going to be collision. Like, there's going to be everything. There's going to be difficulty. But also... When we're going the direction that God wants us to be going, sometimes we just rather go a different way. It's not like it's hard. It's not like, like I'm facing opposition or persecution or, or whatever it is. You're just like, that, that way looks like a lot more fun. And I think I would be, I would have more fun and I'd have more enjoyment in this experience in life if I didn't go God's way and I went my own way. There will always be Temptation and to endure is to keep going the right way even when it's difficult. And so much of walking with God is about just keep going. It, it just, to just keep going. Because walking with God, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It, it's not something that you just go for a little bit of time and you're like, well, that was a good run. No, no, it's something that we keep deciding and keep going and, and something we have to continue to persevere in regardless of, of length of time or what we've experienced already. And so much of walking with God, let me tell you, junior high and high school student, so much of walking with God is to just keep going. Because you're going to find yourself in life as you transition from middle school to high school or from high school to college or from college into career, whatever it is, there's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be peer pressure. There's always going to be opportunity for you to take that easy way out. And so for you to have success is to just keep going in God's direction. It isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And growth happens not with no temptation, but when we know how to get through it. Growth happens in your spiritual journey with Christ, not when there's no temptation, but when you know how to get through it. I don't know about you, but I really don't like flying. I don't, I don't care for it, and for whatever reason, especially lately, I've had to, no offense to our pilot friends. I don't like, let me finish my story before you judge me, Dor. 
because I, I like a lot arriving and I like, I like the whole experience, but for whatever reason, I've just been having to travel a lot. And there was, there was a time recently where I was going somewhere, I can't remember, I was speaking at something, and I can't remember if it was the flight there or the flight back, but I had my ticket and I'm like walking down, like, you know, getting stuffed into this metal tube that's like really long and small and tight. And I felt like it was like getting smaller, you know, like each step I'm like, it's just getting smaller. And, and then I realized the number on my ticket and it was like a really high number. And if you're flying, that's not a good thing. Like you want it like ideally like with the first five, if you have five, like that's great. But I'm like 48 or something like that. And I'm realizing, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And it's the last seat on the plane right next to the bathroom. And the worst part, I'm an aisle flyer. I love the aisle. Someone goofed up when they booked my ticket, and I was in the middle. Yeah, the middle. <laughs> and I had to sit in the middle, and then all of a sudden, two people that were, I'm not going to say they were larger than I am, um, and they, they sat next to me, and I, I, I've never felt like this before on a plane. Like, usually I'm just like, just deal with it, just go for it, you'll be fine, and I was about ready to scream. I felt so tight and so hot. Like, it just, I was like, why did it get so hot in here? And, like, the bathroom was right there, and I was just ready to run out of the plane, like, just be done with it. Like, I can't do this. And I literally, no lie, I, I went, took a deep breath, and I told myself the quickest way to get out of it is to just get through it. Like the best way to get out of this situation is to not run because you're going to have to get on another plane. The best way to get out of it is to just get through it. Put your seatbelt on, put your music on, close your eyes and pray for the next four hours because it will end eventually. The point I'm trying to make is with temptation, it's not about it ending, it's about enduring. It's about realizing that the best way to get out of it is by getting through it. And the Bible speaks very clearly that whatever you walk through, God is always with you. So temptation is going to come. We've got to keep going. Victory comes when we endure. Keep saying yes to God and no to those things. But listen, know that there will always be temptation and it will always look appealing but know that the goal is to entice you and trap you point number two tonight is that we are drawn away by our desires victory happens when we recognize it's about enduring not ending but we are drawn away very clearly James tells us by our own desires here's the thing about temptation it looks like what you want. Temptation, it looks like what you want. You're like, whoa, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is the relationship, or this is the feeling, or this is the activity, or this is the thought process, or this is the whatever that I thought I wanted. And sin is never going to just jump out and say like, hey, I'm sin. I'm going to ruin your life. Want to hang out? Like sin never signs up like that. Sin never shows up like, yeah, so um, this is going to destroy you. It's going to be great. Let's do this thing. 
No, sin always looks like exactly what you want it to look like. Sin always disguises itself in what you want, but it's bait. It's a trap. Don't take the bait. It draws us out by our own desires, and these desires are exploited because temptation is everywhere. This is kind of what temptation is like these days in our world. Hold on just a second as I open this box. And I pull out my prop. <laughs> Temptation kind of looks like this. I'm trying to see you guys a little bit. So we've got, I don't need to go into depth with all of these things. This beer can really smells like beer. That is disgusting. But we've got, we've got all of these things, right, that, that are tempting, right? For, for many of us, like, there's things on here that we are really, some of you guys, honestly, you're very tempted by that party to, to go hang out and get drunk or, or the new thing with the, the jewel. And <laughs> I can't even begin with that. And then we've got, we've got all these things, lust and, and just medication, all of these things just fighting for our attention. The iPhone, good grief, the iPhone. It's like the killer. I'm going to take this off. I've, I, and I asked my friend, I think her name's Debbie. Yeah, it's Debbie. She's going to help with the rest of the sermon. Give it up for Debbie, everybody. But so, so much of the reason I bring this up is because there's temptation everywhere, isn't there? And, and when that's our life, and it's, for so much of it, it's right here. Everywhere you go, there's, there's the invite to go here. And hey, look at this. Or, or you need this experience. Or you need, and everything is right here. And, and situations like this with temptation makes verses like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it's on the screen, mean so much for, it says, for we walk by faith not by sight. And when our life seems to be overwhelmed and crowded with temptation and desires and feelings that are not pleasing to God, and we can't see what's in front of us, we need to recognize that we don't walk by sight or what we feel. We walk by faith and we trust God along the way. And so what you need to understand, and as you experience life, is that the desires that you have, those temptations, those things that draw you away, they look exactly like you want them to look. You're like, yeah, this is, this is what I've been missing. It's that party. Or, or it's, it's this, this many likes on my Instagram. Or it's, or, or it's if I could just get that, if I could just have that piece of clothing, or, or if I could just have that whatever, then I would finally be content, and it looks exactly like you want, but listen, it's a trap. It's bait, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you to places you don't want to go. It's going to leave you there way longer than you want to stay, and it's going to cost you. And eventually, the Bible says very clearly that sin, and James tells us right here in verse 15, he says, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, because remember, we side note, being tempted is not a sin. We keep saying this throughout the whole series. Being tempted is not a sin. 
When you have that desire, that's not wrong. It's what you do with that desire. He says that temptation, that that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, he says, brings forth death. He says it's enticing. It's alluring. It looks good. It looks like what I want. It looks like what I need. It looks like what my life is all about. And he says, but when, when, when we follow that, it ultimately leads to sin and death. But when we can live by faith and endure, it leads to strength and life. Listen. I just want to really drive this point home tonight that you guys are going to experience temptation, right? I mean, if we were to say you don't have to, but or you don't need to, but if you if we were to say, like, who here has experienced temptation, we'd all be like, Yeah, every single day. It's called being a human being, right? Like, it's like that's what we everything, everything's fighting for our attention, everything wants our our, our whatever. And then we, we go, how do we deal with this? Because so much of our world and so many of our peers, the way that they deal with temptation is by giving into it. Because if you, if you want to make the, the like frustration of having to say no to that party every Friday night, just go to the party. They'll stop asking you to come. Right? It's like, but you've given in. You haven't won. There's no victory there. And so much of our culture just says, like, if I, well, whatever, I'll just give in. Everybody's doing it. It's fine. Like, this is the life. This is what we do. It is what it is. But we need, to find, we need to find strength in God, strength in Jesus, strength in the calling that he has for us, and keep moving. Because desire, it draws us away, and it leads to death. All right, final thing. Is this making sense? Yeah. Is it helping? Yeah. All right, final thought. It's allowed... Temptation, it's allowed so we can be approved. It's allowed so we can be approved. James, the book of James is very interesting because he doesn't hold any punches. He's very direct. He's very straightforward. And he addresses a very interesting topic about God's relationship to our temptation. He says, look at it there in verse, verse 13. He says, let no one say, don't let anyone say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. He says, for God cannot be tempted by evil. What he means there is in the same way that we're tempted. Because some of you guys, like your Bible scholars, you're like, wasn't week one about this series, like Jesus, who's God, being tempted? Some of you guys caught that. Well, it's different. It's not the same in the sense of are his desires and is drawn away. Jesus fully experienced temptation, but the Bible clarifies it, yet without sin. And so the idea is he wasn't tempted like we're tempted because we're sinners. So he says, uh, uh, we're, I lost my place for certain. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Listen, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So this is, this is a very interesting topic all of a sudden because now we think about it because we talk about it all the time, like that, that temptation and difficulty, like God is there and God allows things to happen and, and all these things. So, so one of the questions I asked when I was studying this scripture is like, does the devil and God work together in order for me to be tempted? Like, is it like God goes, opens the door and says like, all right, devil, you're up. And then he shows up and he's got his pitchfork and he tempts us. And it's like, well, how does this, 
How does this work? James make it, makes it abundantly clear. He says, God does not tempt us. God's not out there going like, let's put this fool to the test. No, it's not how God works. God is kind of smart. Yeah? Could we agree that God's kind of smart? Infinitely so. So not just kind of smart, infinitely smart. So God recognizes that the world that we live in is filled with temptation. That we are drawn away by what? Our own desires, right? It's, it's, it's our own desires that draw us away. So what happens is when we're tempted and we learn to find strength in God, what it does is it builds strength and character within us so that we can combat more difficulty, more temptation later when it inevitably comes. And God uses it in our life. God uses it in our life to build what, what uh, James would call approval, what Paul the Apostle would call in Romans, character. But the same idea is that God allows these things. When we learn to find strength in God, we find more character or more of the ability to continue to say no to temptation and yes to God. So James, what he says he tells us that this idea that in order for us to overcome it, we need to recognize that God isn't causing it, but God uses it. God, God will be in it so that we can find more strength and more character. Listen, from the beginning of this message, I've been saying that temptation is unavoidable. Can't escape it. So what we need to learn to do is overcome it. We need to be able to get through it. We need to be able to say no to those things and yes to God's things. And the more we say yes to God, the easier it becomes to say no to sin. It's building character. It's building, it's building strength. It's building the ability to continue to walk with God and continue to do the things that God wants for us. And when that happens, it causes spiritual growth in your life. And the more you grow, it doesn't mean there's not going to be any temptation. It means you have more repertoire, more strength, more ability to overcome it. He says it's, it's allowed so that we can be approved. And James tells us, I'm going to close with this. James tells us that the, the way that we can do this. Look at verse 12 again, the, the, the second half. He says, bless the man who endures temptation. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised, listen, to those who love him. To those who love him. The only way to overcome temptation, the desires for what's wrong, the passion towards ungodly things, is to have a greater passion for the honor and glory of God. The only way... To overcome these temptations, these desires, these passions, these things that are coming up inside of us, that are drawing us away from God, is to have a greater passion, a greater desire, a greater love for God. 
Because when we can recognize that this thing is actually going to trap me, it's going to hurt me, it's going to destroy me, and God has nothing but good things for me, and I, the Bible says that the kindness of God leads us to repentance, that God is love, that God has always loved us before the foundation of the world. If we recognize God's love for us, and that drives and motivates us, and now our passion, the Bible says we are compelled by love, our passion, our desire is first and foremost to love God and to live for God, that passion will outweigh and overwhelm the passion for other things. Listen to this quote. Worship team, you guys can come up here as I close. Listen to this quote about this idea. It says this, some resist temptation because of the fear of man. He says, the thief suddenly becomes honest when he sees a policeman. Right? It's all, I wasn't stealing anything. Oh my gosh, today Hannah and I saw the craziest thing. I've never seen this before. There was a guy at the gas station smoking a cigarette while pumping his gas, which is like, smart move, buddy. And a policeman pulled up, got out of his car, goes, points at the cigarette. The guy's like, the guy like threw it on the floor. The cop stared at him in the face, stomped on it like this. And so, like, actually, I couldn't hear what he said, but I'm assuming he said, like, you probably shouldn't smoke and pump your gas. <laughs> it was, Hannah and I were like, whoa, that was tough. <laughs> Anyways, the thief suddenly becomes honest when he sees a policeman. The man or woman controls their lust because they couldn't bear to be found out and thus embarrassed. Others resist the temptation uh, to sin because of the power of another sin. He says, the greedy miser gives up partying because he doesn't want to spend the money. But the best motive for resisting temptation is to love God, to love God with greater power and greater passions than your love for the sin. At the end of the day, we have to say, do I love God more than I love this thing? Do I love God more than I love this, this notoriety or this this?" popularity or, or, or this experience? Do I love God more than I love these things? And all of these things that are fighting for our attention, whatever it might be, and maybe one of these things on, this, uh, on the hat goes like, I totally identify with that. Our goal is to say, do I love God? Do I love Jesus more than I love these things? And let that passion motivate you to do what God wants you to do. Temptation will come, so we need a greater passion for God.